Welcome to episode 46 of the Through the Point podcast. This week's interview is the opposite of last week's where Sean, Craig, and Cyrus talked about the 2012 Olympics and I was not involved at all. This interview is actually about me and I got a guest host, Sophia Rivera, who's an All-American javelin thrower from Mizzou, who was unfortunately hurt this year, but because of that we got to connect a lot of meets and talk and stream actually the NCAA women's javelin competition on the Mizzou javelin page, so that was a ton of fun. But she did a great job hosting it and hearing more about my story. I think this year was better than I even could have imagined. So uh, I appreciate all the support I got throughout the year. And I think the story has some good insights into Javelin and just life. So hopefully you all can take something away from it and hopefully you all enjoy it. But as always, thanks for listening and enjoy. All right, with me today, you've probably already noticed, uh, this is not Scott, um, <laughs> no, uh, but on the other end of the line, we, we have Scott Fuchs, obviously best known for the creator and perpetrator of this podcast here. <laughs> he has a very unique story, and of course, everyone who's listening right now has definitely heard bits and pieces collected from his other interviews that he has given, but... Yeah, today we're going to learn a little bit more about him. I'm on the other side of the table. Scott, if you want to say a few words. Sure, yeah. I'm going to kick this off. And for anyone who doesn't know, this is Sophia Rivera, thrower at Mizzou, All-American, good friend of mine, co-host on the Mizzou Javelin uh, Instagram live stream of the Women's Javelin NCAAs. I think that's the only one we did together, but we we had been hanging out at a few meets uh, while you were streaming, so that was fun. But Yeah. yeah, I think anyone who's listening... Now they'll get the full story. Like I said, I think there's been bits and pieces, bits and pieces. But anyone who has listened, I apologize if I repeat myself from things you've heard over the 45 plus episodes that have been there. But I think it'll be a lot of fun, and I appreciate anyone who requested to hear my story. Like I didn't, oh, never thought really I would need to do it, but I think it hopefully is going to be interesting, and hopefully people can take something away from it. But yeah. Yeah, all right. Already a man of the people. Um, <laughs> but let's uh, kick this off and start with some, some of the basics. So uh, what was your athletic background growing up? What what kind of got you in? Did you Were you in athletics from a young age? or? Yeah, like I mean, that? when I was really young, like I, I always measure things in times like below 10 years old, because 10 years mm-hmm. old in my area is where you start playing travel baseball. And I always liked playing baseball so I mean I did a bunch of sports before that but once that takes over your life like that's really what you're doing Mm -hmm. because I mean you're going to tournaments on the weekends and now the more that I talk about it it sounds weird because it's like for 10 year olds but that is real how it is and like once I got into that like when I was younger I did really a ton of sports I did karate like I got a black belt in karate at like whatever (laughs) age like I, I can't do any of that anymore like I definitely would struggle with that but I didn't that did happen at one point in my life and then yeah, once mm-hmm. baseball took over, I mean, that was really what I did from 10, 10 years old through high school. Like, I, I never did any other sports in high school. And yeah. as a kid, like I said, it was, like, pretty well-rounded up until that time. But then when you're putting a lot of time and money into that, then other things start Absolutely. to start to fade away. And you just end up with a ton of baseball. But that would that's really, like, yeah. And track was track was literally never a thought. Like, my mm-hmm. I went to, a, a, like, private school or Catholic school. And the only sports were basketball and volleyball. And I know people, yep. some middle schools have those like track and field things or have like, I don't know how serious it is, but yeah, never. This wasn't was, even on your radar. Yeah, never. Like I never thought that 
track and field would be an aspect of my life, but here we are on the podcast. So <laughs> obviously here we are. We know, we know that eventually you got there. Um, right. But uh, going back, coming out of high school, um, so you were clearly baseball, baseball focused. Uh, what was kind of your recruiting process out of high school, I guess? And how'd you end up at the uh, Knox, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I went for my first year. And I mean, it's not glamorous, like division three recruiting is in general, not that glamorous, especially mm -hmm. like, and, and in high school really, which is part that makes the story interesting is I wasn't like an amazing player, but I was definitely like a solid high school player. Like I remember mm -hmm. they had like a team or a, a paper from like the conference or the county or something that was like, yeah. I was in like in there for like top ERA or like I had, so I, I did decent in my, especially my senior year of high school. So it wasn't like but I knew I wasn't a division one caliber player or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was like level-headed in that sense that I could, I knew I could play at the next level and I knew I like mm -hmm. could play early on or like, I felt like I could play early on. So I had contacted a bunch of division three schools. I went to a few showcases, which people that are outside baseball, I don't think realize how much of a scam showcases are. <laughs> it's like two hours and you pay like $250 to maybe get coaches. And it's like, if you're not really one of the best people there, these coaches don't really care. So, I mean. Yeah, not doing too much for you. More uh, trying to perpetuate the, the their own money-making scheme. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, and some of them are good. And it, and it really like what I've learned as time goes on, even though I'm not playing baseball anymore, like it makes a lot of sense if you're one of the better players there. But if you have like average skills the way I did, mm -hmm. like maybe a D3 school will see you, but they'll see you on online anyways so you probably didn't need to spend that right. money but I mean it looks cool when you're in high school you can just be like wear mm -hmm. the shirt around and stuff but um yeah it wasn't too glamorous and I, I talked to a few or narrowed it down to a few schools like I wanted to go to a, a good academic school and a place that I felt like I could play early on so yeah I ended up at Knox my first year which now after my sixth year of college feels like it's <laughs> an eternity away a like lifetime I, ago yeah exactly like that's not something that I I mean, I have still have a couple of friends from there I'm really close with, but other than that, mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like so, so long ago. Absolutely. And so uh, you were there for one year um, one before year, yeah. you transferred. So what were some of your motivations behind that? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of where the story gets interesting was like I said, mm -hmm. in high school, I was solid. Like I, I was a st the starting pitcher for our team, not like the main one, but like one that would get yeah. regularly like in the games or like have games. And I, uh, I went there and I remember like physically I was very talented compared to the rest of the group. Like, mm -hmm. like I, I always threw decently fast in high school, but it was like, but there was always people throwing harder. But when I got there, right. there was like one guy throwing harder, but they, everyone was like, wow, you throw pretty hard. And I was like, Oh <laughs> really? I didn't know that. But like, I remember the first time I tried to play catch there warming up for a practice. I just like mm -hmm. could not throw it to my partner. Like, it oh, just no. like, I mean, I would sometimes do it, but like, I was just thinking, oh, it's like the first day of practice, you'll get nervous. But I remember overthrowing him a ton. Mm -hmm. And like that small thing just never got better. Like I just, Oof. all of a sudden, like, and like I said, I was like, wasn't like I was amazing before, but I could throw, throw, play catch competently. Right. And like, sometimes <laughs> you'll overthrow it, like to people that you'll overthrow it sometimes, but it, it won't be like an all the time thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it happens to anybody, but yeah. So then it just like things never really got better and mm -hmm. but the coach really thought I could do something like he right. he thought like oh there's the talent is there like that part is obviously struggling but he thought I could do something and they mm -hmm. kept like or we kept trying to do things or like they were trying to like just basically have me pit or throw bullpens or like 
all the time right. or just things all the time to try and get it going and like it sometimes it was better sometimes it was worse but then like we got in games and then they put me like i remember the first because we go on like a florida trip for d3 baseball mm -hmm. that especially in this area that's like your big thing at the start of the year like spring break you go to florida yeah and you go there and like i remember they put me in like a jv game i did decent so then they put me mm -hmm. in a, a varsity game the next day i think and the next day or the day after and i didn't throw one strike Oof. i mean i was only that's in there for like tough. i like threw like a four ball walk then a ball and then hit a guy and then they pulled me and that was like my college oh. real college debut oh, so yeah it wasn't wasn't ideal but like at the end of the year i felt like because i mean i and i'm not going to speak bad to anybody that coach and i definitely mm -hmm. didn't see eye to eye or like i didn't feel like that was a right. good spot for me so i i thought i don't want to call it running away but i thought maybe mm -hmm. like just the change of scenery because like i said i'd never had something like that in my life exactly why why maybe it's got to be this now that caused it and i kind of I, I wish I would have played that summer. That summer I decided I wanted to just train to like mm -hmm. do things. And that's like, I can get into that more later, but like, <laughs> so I didn't play. And I also got hurt that season too. I forgot to mention that. So I didn't, I missed a lot of right. my first year. Like I played like three or four innings and then I would just got hurt and then I couldn't play anymore. But um, I just trained like weightlifting and different types of throwing, like long tossing. Ironically, baseball is very far. <laughs> like I would do that, but I always, I always thought that was fun. Um, right. And a little I, bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, and there was actually a time I remember, like I was really upset, and like that friend I'm close with, we were in the weight room, and the weight room overlooks like where mm -hmm. the track is, and there was people right. actually throwing javelins in the middle of the grass in the field, and I remember him telling or telling him like, I would rather. I was like, I should just do that. Like I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just whatever. And he's like, Come on, man. Like be serious like don't try. yeah like be serious like and I wasn't like that serious about it but it was just more mm -hmm. of like I don't want to say a joke but like you just see it and it's like right. wow that seems like a much simpler life you than get, the like, one I'm sport envy yeah like the life I'm living now it feels a lot simpler than that so and I'm sure if I send it to him he'll listen um mm -hmm. and he's been really supportive like the whole time so I don't want to make it sound like he wasn't mm -hmm. supporting it he for sure has like been day one Absolutely. like people's person supporting it but so I ended up leaving and going to Beloit which is where I graduated from and the I mean the long story short there is it never got any better there okay. yeah mm -hmm. and then I got the same injury in the fall there so I barely played in the fall and it was like half I did good half I did bad and I remember the coach saying like you're one of the most talented people we have here but like we, we didn't get to see it a lot uh, like you got hurt and it was like some was really sometimes was really good sometimes really bad and then right. we would do like these indoor practices and like if you overthrew this was a nightmare like the the <laughs> field house is so small and like we had yeah. like uh, let's say we had 40 or 50 people on the team they would everyone would throw at the same everyone would throw at the same time and mm -hmm. anytime you overthrew somebody you had to run stairs and they would count that no. and so so imagine like no one knows really how i'm feeling with these things like i'm right. not confident with it but i'm just like i just would play catch and i would just lob it because i'm like i can't seriously throw can't it because i'm afraid it. to hit i'm afraid to hit the people next to him and the whole mm -hmm. team gets punished the whole, because everybody has to run it so it's like a team exactly. thing so i'm like i feel terrible if i i'm the reason that's happening but then we would do that then we would go in like a batting cage that was pretty small and we'd have to like pitch to hitters like in this really like condensed cage cramped and, like, space yeah so i mean so without going i mean this story it doesn't it's the same <laughs> thing every time. It, yeah it doesn't yeah. get any better like those things were really tough for me and like i did terrible the my sophomore year which is my first year there and like at, at knox everybody went on that florida trip but at mm -hmm. beloit they only take certain people or like there's only right. a certain thing and they still i did terrible and they still took me 
because they oh, just oh boy because they thought that I could potentially they could see the potential in you be good at some point like if I could just right. do the right like do things well just <laughs> do, do if, play baseball if well do, if only I could do it well if yeah, only if I could do it right that, exactly that's what everyone yeah they're like if this guy can do it right like he can be good but so right. they took me down there but I just ended up in a that year was just I never played one varsity inning my sophomore year because they just kept throwing me in JV games and they would tell me we know you're good enough or talented mm -hmm. enough to play the varsity games but you're not we need to see this first and like it just right. never got any better like I mean there was just times where it'd be go okay and then times where it would be awful and like mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't getting to do to throw the pitches I wanted to throw because they wanted me to do things certain ways since I couldn't throw any strikes even though I felt yep. like there's a better way to do it like I just couldn't get that then I played that couldn't summer and I actually got a lot I did a lot better in that summer like mm -hmm. and I played with a kid from my team and he was like, yeah, you look pretty good. I mean, there were times where still like I would feel it, especially it was like the easier the thing was to do, the mm -hmm. more I felt it because it's like, it should be this easy. Like in the like example of people don't know what I mean. Like when you're warming up, like sometimes the bullpen would be on the field. So if you throw it past the catcher, it rolls all the way to the home plate and it's not yep. like fenced off to the side. So like that was an absolute nightmare for me because I'm like... <laughs> It just keeps okay. like, like, I can't take it serious. I can't warm up. Like it's literally, I would mm -hmm. just feel so terrible because I was just like, I don't know where this is going when I throw it. And mm -hmm. it just feels like it's like stuck in your hand and you just right. like, couldn't do anything. And like, I was trying to see like a sports psychologist. Like I was trying to do all these things to like, mm -hmm. and just make nothing it better. was kind of lining it back up again for you. Yeah. And nothing was doing it in terms of like consistency. Like it could happen at times. And like, like I said, that summer was actually good. Like that was the last Mm -hmm. I mean, without spoiling the ending, that was the last <laughs> summer I played baseball or like last time right. I really played it seriously. And then we got to the fall and I remember mm -hmm. I worked really hard on that summer, like trying to like every day, yeah. like trying to just get these things down, worked really hard. And then I remember going into the fall and the first game was terrible again, like Oof. just balls going everywhere. And I remember the pitching coach was like mad and he was like, did you even do anything all summer? And oh I was like, goodness. but it was like, I'd spent, like, I've definitely worked harder than anybody there. Like I felt, absolutely. and I mean, that feels terrible. Like you just want to start crying because you're like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can't figure it out. And then like, right. it'll fall. Then I would just have times where it'd go. Okay. And then a lot of times, a lot more times where it went poorly. And mm -hmm. I remember one day, this is basically where it gets to, like, I was lifting in the, in the weight room, obviously. And I was like down mm -hmm. there. And I remember I was like deadlifting a lot of weight, which is like not that important, <laughs> but it is matters to like how it ends. But then like mm -hmm. the coach texted me and he was like, are you on campus? And I was just like, yeah, why? Well, I'm in the weight room. He's like, can you come up to my office? And like, I didn't know what okay. it was. I thought it was going to, I thought it was going to be like, not a good thing, but like, mm -hmm. listen, you got to, we got to figure something out to like, right. It's going more like I, a, a strategy plan. Yeah. Not like a, a call to the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. That's exactly. That's the best way to put it. But we go up that I go up there and he was just like I'm just gonna be straight with you like we don't have a spot for you anymore we've mm -hmm. tried everything like I'm sorry there's just nothing Oof. whatever and like I said this is like from 10 years old till 20 at this point or yeah right. I was 20 like that was That's like half your life I had really taken this serious like loved it like if people mm -hmm. anyone who knew me then knew I loved it yeah, yeah like I loved it and I was just like begging him like is there anything I can do like mm -hmm. and they were like you can I was like is there any way I can like work in the winter and come back for like the spring and he was like no and I, mm -hmm. I almost wanted to go back and be like can I try and play outfield or like do something like I wanted to right. play the game still and like I just, yeah and then I he said you can come back in the fall next year if you want to try out again but I was and I was just like I mean at the time I was like whatever and then they 
yeah so it just was like no i just i mean but then you're obviously devastated then the the deadlifting thing matters because then i come down and i was the guy i didn't take any of the weight off the bar because i was just like devastated i just left Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i was just like that's (laughs) why that's why it matters why i did it that was the key detail (laughs) yeah i was like that doesn't really matter to the story but i just remember but it does (laughs) like leaving it there and i was just like i'm sorry to whoever cleans this up but like Mm -hmm. i just i can't do it right now can't yeah and i like i saw my girlfriend in like the hallway too and i remember i was like Mm -hmm. i mean i was like not like bawling but i mean i was obviously like emotionally wrecked I think would be (laughs) yeah and I was just like walking and I remember just saying like I guess I'm not playing baseball this year and she's like uh what and I was like I don't know and then I like texted a few of my friends and one of them I said uh I remember telling him I I I just got cut and he said Mm -hmm. he's like oh nice I'm gonna go work out later he thought I meant like get jacked or ripped and I'm like no (laughs) and I'm like no not nice it's not nice like this is not nice this and, is the opposite of nice. <laughs> yeah. So then like, but then we go with that. I could talk to some of them and I, then I just like, I mean, then you're like, you've been an athlete your whole life and all of a sudden mm-hmm. like, like that. What do I do? Gone. Yeah. Right. So I, how do you go from, oh my gosh, just the worst news of your life, of your career up until maybe not your life, but of your career up until then to javelin was, was that a previous experience, your first like experience with javelin, seeing people on the field or how did you make that leap I guess that was my first time seeing it in person for sure but that was like so minor like it was literally like you mm-hmm. look out the window for 10 seconds and you see people throwing right. something and you're like whatever but it wasn't like I really thought back on that but it mm-hmm. was like I'd seen articles on like Twitter and there was like this that when I just trained that summer I worked with this company called Tread Athletics who had like shared mm-hmm. a few articles before or like just even pictures. I would like tried to go back and find the post, but I couldn't find it. But they did have some things that were they would just like because it's a base, excuse me, baseball training company. So they would talk about, but they would talk about how like the best throwers in the world mm-hmm. are like javelin throwers, basically. As they would say that, and they would post some edits or not edits, but wow. just like pictures of like Andreas Thorkelson and Brogreer looking like jacked. Mm-hmm. And it was basically to say like like you need to like treat yourself like a high level athlete not like a baseball mm-hmm. player that's just like really scrawny and like whatever that exactly. was like the, the thing so they would do that and I'd seen an article and I believe there was one from like East Carolina about how they mm-hmm. had people try out from softball and baseball or like te- people that weren't on the team or used to play it or something right. and so it was like there and I don't know how long it took because this was like fall of 2017 mm-hmm. but I remember then I eventually went to the coach's office and was just like knocked on the door and was like hey and he's like how can how's it going how can I help you I've never talked right. to this guy in my life and mm-hmm. I was like yeah and I just like sat down with him and I talked to him a little bit I was like I want to do it like I want to try mm-hmm. this I've never done it in my life but I think I could try it and he was just right. like okay I mean it's a d3 school like and that especially that school like they're they want anybody on the roster like anybody mm-hmm. that can fill a spot even if you're not good it's fine or like you're, it's just <laughs> they really want like, bodies warm yeah, bodies <laughs> exactly 100 percent so he was like willing to do it and mm-hmm. but then when I get to practice like this was during it had to be like January okay so or, a little or, bit of time had passed since you got yeah, the, the news maybe not January because it was like but people were practicing for indoor so it, mm-hmm. but I remember I went to like some turf fields or indoor turf fields throwing like yeah. the, the little turbo jabs like the 300 oh. gram ones. that's what that was like what I was doing in the winter so but that was over winter break Perfect. so I remember over mm-hmm. winter break I was doing that so it had to have been before that like so maybe late November early December mm-hmm. so like a little bit of time had passed a month and a month and a half right. and I was like but then they had me trying to do like the indoor weight 
Oh, which, no, which no. You and I have met. Like, I don't have the physique of a weight right. thrower. And I was probably, I'm like 185 right now. I was probably 170 mm-hmm. at the time yep. of, or 175. I'm like, I was even like skinnier and like, just no. Like anyone who throws the weight normally is like 6'4". It throws the yeah. weight well is like huge. Exactly. Like, like lumberjack type dude. And like, mm-hmm. I was just, they had me like, and I never actually, I never actually took a throw. I just like held it okay. and like did some turns, but I never took a throw, but mm-hmm. I remember hating it. And like, I'd never been on a track team. Like I thought the people were weird. I was like, yep. the people are weird. I don't know what this is going on here. What kind and of I, a team is this? <laughs> yeah. Everything about it. I was like, this is not, I'm not throwing javelin. I'm not doing what I want to do. And I mm-hmm. don't have any friends like, and then you yeah. see all the people from baseball, like they're practicing like after us, they're all waiting in the thing and you're just in there looking like an idiot. And like, mm-hmm. you feel embarrassed about it. And then I remember- A little bit self-conscious. I, yeah, I talked to my girlfriend too. And again, I was like, I think I just need to quit. Like, I don't, I hate this. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. And, and like, I'm not even getting to do what I want. And I, so I actually go to his office and I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. This is the guy that it's like, it could have very right. easily been done in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, but he was like, okay, okay, no, like just do the javelin. We won't have you do any of this other stuff. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Like, just keep doing it. And then I, like I said, then I go home and I throw like the turbo jav thing indoors. <laughs> I mean- obviously that's nothing like anything Not real throwing. yeah no and then I I like but I so I, at that point I knew I was going to do it but like I always say mm-hmm. I started in March because that was the first time I ever touched a javelin so it doesn't really like Got your hands on a real like, so like mentally I was thinking about javelin or like kind of in, on the team for like mm-hmm. a while but I wasn't like I never touched a javelin With until right. yeah like March literally like March 1st almost or maybe February 28th like right wow. around that time so yeah. then we get outside, but I've gotten pretty good at throwing the turbo jabs. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I mean, this is easy. Like these <laughs> things, thing, are, right? Yeah, these are going far. And then I just like, someone like we went outside, and someone was like, all right, mm-hmm. like just like throw it. And I just like something about it. I was like, I, I can't throw it. Like it's not the same. Like it doesn't feel right. right. And it was just like terrible at the start. Like, oh. I, and I was like, but I knew I had to like. It's like my arm is really good. Like why can't I throw mm-hmm. this thing? And then it was just like going sideways, not going very far, not Little doing cartwheels heading in everything everything everybody gets like you can just it was exactly what it was and this is like march and the season starts in march or early april like i'm not far Mm. out from you got about a month to to get together a month maybe and and really it was before spring break and Mm -hmm. they went on a spring break trip to myrtle beach which myrtle beach i think which we ended up doing my senior year too Mm -hmm. but i just said i'm not going i've never thrown like I don't want to go with right. nobody I don't know any of these people I've never done this thing I'm not going to go to this meet mm-hmm. and embarrass myself I have no experience <laughs> yeah so we end up going on a spring break and I went like to Cubs spring training with my parents it's like mm-hmm. but I mean that's like another week that is just a week plus that you're not practicing and you still have a meet mm-hmm. coming up soon so the I keep practicing whatever <laughs> it gets a little bit better but I have no idea what's going on I remember saying to my for my first meet all right mm-hmm. like I think like 30 meters would be a good goal like I, I don't know if I've right. ever thrown 30 meters in my life but I think I could try and throw 30. That would make me, that would be good. And yeah. then I don't remember what my first throw is, but I remember at the end of the first meet, I threw 45. Oh, and I was you like, you just like one and a half, like, come on. Yeah, exactly. I was literally just like, wow, 45. Like, mm-hmm. and I, there was a point too, where I was in second and the first guy actually sadly got like hurt in the first meet, oh. but I didn't know marks from prelims carried over to finals. So I thought I thought I could you win. You thought you had to do it again. I thought you had to do it. Again. I thought it just reset. I'm like, okay, you qualify. Mm-hmm. And then you read, and they're like, no, like his mark. And he threw like 53, which I was, there's no way I'm throwing 53 at that. Right. And it was like 30 degrees and like so cold out. But I remember, Oof. yeah, it was bad. But we, I remember thinking I could win. And they're like, no, it carries 
it doesn't carry or it does carry over so mm -hmm. you're not gonna like not maybe not you're not gonna win but like yeah he, his mark stays and I was like oh okay right end of the meet I ended up throwing 45 I, and someone ended up passing me and I think this was actually ended up being this kid's career PR it was like 46 and he passed me that wow. first meet and I got third <laughs> but still it was like my first meet ever I got third exactly and I threw 45 and I was like oh wow mm -hmm. and then I go okay well 45 is like somewhat close to 50 but like by the end of the year if I could throw 50 like right. I would be really happy with it and then the next meet was 52 something and so All I right. passed that and then I mean I don't need to go over every meet of every I've ever had mm -hmm. but I throw end up PRing every single meet the rest of the year and I threw 57 mm -hmm. 47 from March right. to like that was like May 13th so basically mm -hmm. like not a lot of time that it, but it just I got better every Metal. time and I was like oh wow like now I've actually mm -hmm. done decent you have, like, like this pattern and you're you gone from what is this I'm sure giant metal pointy thing to yeah. wow like I am competing and competitive yeah like I got like for D3 I got like all region or whatever I got second at our conference and I was mm -hmm. like okay like I mean I am better than I thought I guess like it ended Please. up being being awesome and then I came and awesome home you are <laughs> I appreciate that but I end up uh coming home my dad weirdly worked with someone who went to high school with Tom Puxtis wow so that's how <laughs> like world yeah exactly because he was like meeting with someone from his work and he said my son's doing this and he was like I actually went to I think he said he, I went to high school with a guy who was pretty good at it he's like <laughs> pretty well, good yeah. he was You're also, not wrong yeah I mean it's not a false statement but it's the understatement of the century but right. then I end up like somehow getting connected with him and I remember specifically remember this call with Tom where he was like mm -hmm. I was like yeah I just started a couple months ago whatever and then I think he said like how far have you thrown and I said like 57 something and he was like 57 like all right like I can work with that like I mean obviously he right. would have helped, he would have helped anybody but like of course I think he was expecting like 47 exactly. not 57 Something more like your 45 mark that exactly so he was like mm -hmm. all right and then I remember going down to meet with him because this is before I moved to Alabama going down mm -hmm. to meet with him we I threw like in this practice on grass with him and I remember I was just like absolutely bombing it like mm -hmm. for me I don't know what how far right. it was but like it was beautiful flights everything was great and I was like oh wow like this is great and he was like yeah like you got actually some talent like you look mm -hmm. pretty good so I kept working with him not all the practices were as good as that one but then I ended up going but, to like South Dakota with him mm -hmm. I mean we didn't travel together but like he was like invited was me there. to go yeah, yeah to like the NSAF thing that was awesome because that was like the first time I got to be around real javelin throwers because at the mm -hmm. Midwest D3 level there's not a lot of people like that because it's like right it's not in like many of our states and like mm -hmm. It's, it's just, kind it, of it's kind of is like a more of like an afterthought like right. oh it's collegiate level we gotta like fill the spot but not not too many people are like thoroughly familiar with with the sport right exactly so I was cool to be around people like meet people who were talented and like I threw well there and I was just like mm -hmm. I mean I remember coming home like I was on top of the world like, I drove to South Dakota <laughs> by myself which is like eight or nine wow. hours like but I was just like yeah. I don't care he was Dedication. like if you, yeah he was like if you can get here and get a hotel like I'll just let you in the camp so mm -hmm. I get in the camp and it was, it was awesome. Um, but then I like, I mean, I don't know if you have any other questions or you want me to just keep rambling about like my, <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like we're, we're kind of moving on. Well, um, you're kind of working through your progression. So, yeah. um, you, you go to that camp, it's kind of like a, a, a life-changing moment or career changing moment right. for you. you. You see your own potential. Um, where do you go from there? What, where are you at your collegiate, um, eligibility, I guess right now? Yes. That so, so that's a good, really good question, actually, because that's where, like, I started looking on TIFERS at, like, Division One mm -hmm. 
results and I'm like, oh, there's like, like, I'm not that bad compared to some of these right. people or like there's schools that like I'm around their best or better or like not that far mm -hmm. off. So maybe there's some opportunity, opportunity. there and, I, and Beloit is just a college, not a university. So like once mm -hmm. I finished that and I was going into my senior year. So my junior year of college was the first time I threw. And then my senior yeah. year was like, that's when I started looking. And I think mm -hmm. at that point I had contacted some schools because I was just like, I don't know, we'll see like what's right. out there. And you just like check throw out the some, list. Throw some uh, bait out and see what bites. And this is like one of the questions I remember on the sheet was like something about what was your recruiting process like for this? Mm -hmm. This was right before the portal existed. So I had to get ah. permission to contact forms from yep. every, from our athletic director. And she had to send it to every athletic director at these schools and they had to like approve it and then tell the coach. Mm -hmm. And that was the only way I could talk to them. So it was I'm like, very familiar with that process because yeah. I also ended up transferring just before the portal booking became a thing so yeah so I, I know the struggle there you go exactly I, I get I appreciate someone that gets it because now it's like it seems like it'd be a lot easier but yep. I mean and, and sometimes my forms didn't get there or went to the wrong email or they didn't send one so like I mm -hmm. ended up limiting or like my options I didn't get is all the ones I was sending but I wasn't sending a lot to be fair I was sending right. a lot so I mean yeah but then I was like we didn't have a coach really at the D mm -hmm. like at Beloit there was really no throws coach I mean there was a guy who would come like once or twice a week but he did every event Mm -hmm. and the hammer like set, like ring is like in the right field of the baseball like I'm not in it but like behind it and then like mm -hmm. way on the other side is javelin so like he would come over by the end and like I was already done so like, I didn't basically mm -hmm. didn't have a coach at all like Tom was like the first person that like could formally watch me practice on a regular basis mm -hmm. but then we go back there I don't have a coach like I'm just doing these things and this is like a, a lesson I learned was like don't take opinions from literally everybody on the internet <laughs> because I just like was trying to crowdsource my coaching because I didn't have right. any anyone to tell you didn't me didn't have anyone with yeah. you there yeah so no one was there but I was trying to do that and that, that season then I'll just skip the thing like eventually Iowa State like which I thought was almost like a reach at first because it's mm -hmm. a power I mean it's a power five school like there's I right. contacted some of these schools and I took visits that was the first visit official visit I took to because I went an unofficial one to like DePaul mm -hmm. which is like not far from where I'm in like in Chicago uh, so I just drove down there, but then like Iowa State was the first official, official visit I took. Like we went to a football game, which ended up getting rained out, but like I got to just see everything, like the tailgate, and like you have to be in the stadium and watch some of the game. And, like mm -hmm. everything was just like I was just like on cloud nine. I was like, this is amazing. Like because right. I'd, I'd never really even been to a big university, just like as for friends. Like I went in to general. like school, these schools, Knox and Beloit, probably like fifteen hundred people. Mm -hmm. So theirs are small. Like <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. So and like now you're here getting all the, the bells and whistles of recruiting and official visits and all that kind of comes with like the football games, the, the tours, the people. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I was, yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And mm -hmm. eventually they gave, gave me some money. It wasn't a lot, but like, mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing I'll get into, I guess, at the end is that I'm just thankful that they, because I wanted to go to school. I wasn't going to go to a school for free. Not that I thought I was like amazing, but I wasn't planning on going to grad school at all. Right. So it was like, it needs to make financial sense for me to go mm -hmm. to this places. So it's like, if I could get a, a deal and like a few places were willing to either give me a lot, if it was a smaller mm -hmm. school or like, just give me some or something that make it like better if it was a bigger school. Right. But I also like TA'd a class while I was at mm -hmm. Iowa State. So that gave me like benefits of like a stipend and then like reduced tuition yep. and stuff. So that ended up working out. But like that season, I ended up accomplishing every goal I had but I threw I remember my first meet like I thought I was going to throw 70 and mm -hmm. I threw like 58 Ooh. 60 or something and I was like wow and like that whole year I just like I, I think I got I got better because I physically got like stronger and stuff mm -hmm. but I 
technically it, it looked worse than my first year, but I thought I was doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. And it just like, I ended up throwing 60, 41. I, I, well, I broke our school record, which is like 58, something I threw 15. I ended mm-hmm. up throwing 60, obviously, but I broken it twice. Yeah. And I won the conference, but it was with like not a far throw. Mm-hmm. And then, but I went to D3 nationals and I got yeah. seventh. So I was on the podium. That was where I threw the 60. All American in, honors. Exactly. It was my third, yeah. third throw. And I was in the first flight and I knew it would take about 60 to make the final. And I had thrown like 55 and 57. And then my third throw was my first ever 60. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, so, then you're just like, <laughs> yeah, it very clutch. Like it was, it was awesome. So I got to do that. And then I, so yeah. I got, ended up getting everything I wanted in terms mm-hmm. of like accolades, like conference champion, school record, that, exactly. but it was like the way I got them was not what I expected. Like I thought I was going to be mm-hmm. significantly better because like I barely threw before and I practiced all this time. Right. How did I not get way better? But then that's kind of having flashbacks to baseball, but putting all that work in. And it's, you're not, but... it's still, it was, like I said, still, it was a lot better than that because that was like, I couldn't right. do anything with that. <laughs> this was like, I still got all these awards. So it's hard to like, but it, it's just right. like, wasn't the distances that I expected to get mm-hmm. to this point. But then I'm just, go back to it and I'm going to a mm-hmm. division one school in the fall exactly. and like, get some real coaching yeah some real instruction day to day not just maybe once every month when you go to a camp or or YouTube right you someone kind of works with you which I can only imagine but I mean clearly helps <laughs> right and, and and the part about that too is like but then you're at that point and you you're looking at like what it takes to make the regional and like I mm-hmm. hadn't even like what I threw at D3 wouldn't even have made the regional mm-hmm. and like not that I'm scared but I also like really I'm someone that really wants it like if, if I want to do exactly. it like I want to do it so it's like well I, I still have to do it yeah I still have to figure things out like that summer mm-hmm. I got like some better but then in the fall I was doing decent but probably better than before but still not like big time mm-hmm. and then I also like end up with like a decently painful back injury where I wasn't able to throw mm-hmm. for a long time but I was able to do some stuff on my own or like things yeah. and I like I, I ended up like figuring some stuff out or like contacting some people as well that like really helped me and then I remember coming back out in the spring and like I mm-hmm. felt so much better like because when my back wasn't hurting I was right. like that, that would definitely help <laughs> that and then just like some things I nailed down like that I just didn't understand before like major concepts mm-hmm. of things that would really help me when I throw and then I was throwing like much further and I remember my coach was even like wow like this looks good and mm-hmm. and then right before we leave for spring break like the season gets canceled yep so and COVID happened and now uh so what was your kind of like thought process in that like you're making all this great progress you're ready for a great season and now um I mean I'm not exactly sure how it was for you but like you you can't be on campus right um you don't have all the facilities to train uh what were kind of like your thoughts going into that uh yeah I I legitimately did not want to go back. Like I was ready to just quit or not quit, mm-hmm. but just like be done. I was like, right. I don't like, there was a lot of things that happened kind of behind the scenes that made me frustrated and tired. And it was like a long time. And I was just like, Oh no, that, like, like a, a valid whole, option for you. A whole other year, like another year of doing this, like mm-hmm. that's going to be insane. But then like, I just ended up going home and we, the coach and I figured something out where I, I only needed one more semester to graduate. I was going to throw that spring and I was going to graduate that fall. Right. But he said, like, we, I basically convinced him or he got it to like, I stayed home from March of 2020 to February mm-hmm. of 2021. I was not on campus. Wow. 
I was literally wow. on my own for almost a full year mm-hmm. and like training at home and doing everything. And that like ended up being like, I mean, obviously there was a lot of issues with COVID that I don't want to say like it was yeah. great, but like incredibly like changed my career and my life. And it was, I had a lot of right. like fun at home. I'm, I'm a very simple person. Mm-hmm. So I don't, didn't need to go. I wasn't going out a lot, but I was like enjoying right. what I was doing. Exactly. You kind of had like a, a little bit of a mental break. It seems like. Yeah. And I, it was just like, I mean, that gave me time to like work on those things that got me to that point mm-hmm. I was at. I was able to like lift and throw how I wanted, when I wanted, like all these times like that. And like, I mean, the trust that took to like let mm-hmm. this guy do this was right. insane. Like, especially like I hadn't proven anything yet I hadn't been in any meets exactly and And he's just giving you all of this free reign trusting that you'll do what you got to do right and come back yeah and And boy did you come back (laughs) I remember yeah I remember coming back and we were like because I came back because we were going to compete at Texas in early March like I think the day Mm -hmm. ended up being March 6th so I came back in like middle of February so we could do some like indoor throwing just like anything I remember we went to like went some one of the places we can throw inside on my we went like just me and him and we were throwing mm-hmm. maybe no maybe my teammate was there i can't but there was a couple one one or two times where it was just me and the coach and one time where it was me and my teammate but i was throwing and i remember like and there was like rafters or like these like you know those things mm-hmm. that drop down that like divide yep. courts like that was like up but i remember the first throw i threw it and it just from like 10 feet away just drilled it but it was like a good but it was like it wasn't it was a good throw and i remember he was yeah. literally, i i think he just said like holy shit like he was literally just like wow like that's amazing that, that looked good like that looked like mm-hmm. way better and then I just kept throwing in there and it was like looked like I literally he was like after you just, the other after the other yeah he was like you just look like a different person Happy. yeah like you mm-hmm. look that looked really good so then we were throwing some more inside we got a few times outside and then it was time for the season before you know it I mean but like mm-hmm. literally it was just such a weird feeling to be back there after 12 basically 12 months 11 or 12 Year. months of being on your own like no teammates no anything like you're just training mm-hmm. on your own all the time and I came back and then I mean at that point like I said my best throw ever was 60 41 and I'd thrown 60 right. once and like I remember I was warming up and they looked pretty far at Texas and then mm-hmm. I fouled the first throw I went like right through the line <laughs> so that ended up like and it was kind of a I never really did that the rest of the year but like my approach mm-hmm. was pretty bad this entire year like spacing yeah. with the line but I uh but then the second throw was like 65 mm-hmm. something and I was just like I remember looking at him just like shrugging I was like I don't know right. like How, what, what just happened yeah and I think I had two or three 65s that meet and I ended with like 65 mm-hmm. 92 and I was just like wow like that's crazy like that, yeah and I was like 70 is like and I always I always wanted to throw 70 like I have mm-hmm. I can I don't want to get up and grab it because then I have to take my <laughs> headphones off but like I have a thing in my room that says like mm-hmm. it's been in here since 2018 and it says like throw throw 70 meters and it says you'll be a national champion one of those hasn't happened yet <laughs> but one of them ends up but you know, one of them oh yeah you you've definitely accomplished yeah a, a good goal and it was but that was like so clear like when I started for some reason just 70 was the number that I was obsessed with like I just wanted mm-hmm. to do that so badly and then I was like wow so it's really it's, it's possible happening. like it's, I was like it's it, I'm, to happen. I'm close enough to it that it's like not unreasonable to say that that could happen mm-hmm. and that was like March 6th we have like then I had some elbow pain when I came back mm-hmm. so I didn't really throw very much and then we go yeah. to Florida relays and it was a big time headwind. I threw 65 something again there's a huge headwind mm-hmm. and I like I didn't do that well but then the problem with that is I get come back and I have COVID yep yeah so 
That'll so get was, you. Uh, yeah, exactly. A month, a month from first meet to second meet, and then a month. Mm -hmm. So then you take from. the time off a month from second meet to third meet. And I threw like exactly. another 65 something at Drake, but it was like, mm -hmm. it was pretty cold that day too. So like, but I felt good coming back yep. and like throwing that well. I was, because I was worried. I mean, I didn't practice that much. Like you couldn't do exactly. that much. But and I didn't come up, out and be able to kind of match that again, another 65. Right. So, like you're staying consistent, even though your training's been kind of like all over the place. Yeah. And that was the part I was like, like, I don't want to throw 65 the rest of my life. Like I'm tired of throwing mm -hmm. six. Like I was really just wanted to see a six somewhere in there. Right. So that's and, where you like buckle in and you're like, get ready. It's coming. Yeah. And that's where you and I meet actually at Kansas for mm -hmm. the next meet. And you were like filming there. That's and right. I think you came up to me and were like, I'm such a huge fan of the podcast. Like, yeah. I love it. No, but like, it, you're the like, podcast guy. <laughs> no, it was super cool when we met. And like, I really appreciated that. And then I would like, someone sent me a video of me throwing from your live stream. And I remember coming up mm -hmm. to him like, I did not know you were live streaming, but thank you so much for like taking the video. Cause like, I didn't yeah. have any videos and I threw, but that was like, I threw two 66s there. So I was like, finally, mm -hmm. like the monkeys off my back. Breaking and, like, the barrier. Exactly. Like the, the javelins don't die at 65 meters. Like if you throw right. it far enough, it'll go. But mm -hmm. Yeah, then I get that. Then the next one is you come big, off of that and next one is big twelves. Yeah, where that I mean that's where like I it sounds like corny, but it's like that was a life changing throw, like literally mm -hmm. changed everything. Like I threw Absolutely. like four PRs that meet, but they were the first three were all very small. It might have even been five. No, it was four. It was four. They were like small and like my one of my throws, like fourth throw was like sixty seven oh one, which is my best throw mm -hmm. to that point. And then the last throw I was got ended up moving getting moved down from second to third logan mm -hmm. wolfley who was a good friend of mine had already thrown 73 something so i was like well i'm nowhere near that like that's right. got to be but, foregone conclusion all out for second i'm like go for it i'm only point. i'm only a foot or two from second place so he was at like 67 right. 50 i was like 67 01 so i'm like all right i mean like second place is still good like you can do it and mm -hmm. i remember telling logan i said 73 is out there but i just want to see a zero was what i said to him <laughs> right before i threw it and then I wow. go, and, go and throw it. Like I got the clap going. I mm -hmm. catch my hat, which people seem to like. And <laughs> I throw it, which I do that in reality. I do that all the time. That just so yeah. happened to be on the best throw. So it, like people like that. But but looked, like, yep. If you throw 65 and you catch it, no one cares. But if you throw 72, right. like people start to like it. But mm -hmm. like I throw it. And then I just remember like, literally like i don't know if people know like the mr krabs meme where he's like dizzy <laughs> like that's how I, I they just literally that's said like 72 12. And I literally was like, what and i remember like, sure? the people from like texas or any of these other schools were looking at me like that was amazing like happened. yeah they're like that's awesome like congrats and i just remember looking mm -hmm. at them like what and everyone just started like laughing and i was just like right in a complete like Different amazement state. yeah i just mm -hmm. had no idea what was going on and i just got that and i was like oh my god like you actually like did it like mm -hmm. and to clutch it on the last throw granted like that's right. a, within a meter like that was the second best throw in the big 12 in 2021 like logan like mm -hmm. out of if you count everybody's throws not like second best like pr like he threw a 7308 like, i threw 7212 mm -hmm. as the second best and then his 71 was the third best so yeah, like we so, really were like it was like right there like it was as close as you could get without winning mm -hmm. basically you're like exactly but i mean i felt good about it i wasn't supposed to win i was seated fourth actually so all about beating your seed yeah exactly so i do that and i was just like oh my god like that was amazing. Right. Like I got pictures taken in a cowboy hat that I did not expect to have on. It was like my teammates cowboy oh, hat. Oh yeah. I just like we're everything... gonna talk about the hats later. <laughs> yeah, I was like everybody can sure. can I, you could have put a clown suit on me and put me on the podium. Mm -hmm. I would not have cared. I was like this is amazing. Right. Like this is so amazing. And I remember just like calling and like tech like people calling me. My mm -hmm. phone was going insane. Like blowing up. <laughs> yeah. And then like I remember like 
texting Tom too. Cause like, I mean, he, and like, it's not like we kept, we kept in touch a little bit. We weren't like talking mm-hmm. on a regular basis, but I remember doing like telling him and I was just like, he's like, holy, holy crap. Like <laughs> great job. Like and, that's awesome. And with the span of about like two years, two, three years, I guess if you want to count COVID just, uh, I'm sure seeing that difference from 45 to 72. And even in my second year of 2019, I had a few meets that were like 51 with like throws in the forties. Mm-hmm. like that's only not that far out like and I was exactly. like so yeah it was just like insane but that was amazing but mm-hmm. then I mean I think I didn't feel like it was a, I felt like that was more of what I am and I just hadn't mm-hmm. gotten it all year mm-hmm. compared to like that was a fluky throw I can't do it again like I felt right. like oh like that's you can do it again but then I mean that moves you from like 20th in the region to like I was like seventh mm-hmm. so now I'm ex- now I'm seated to make NCAAs exactly so that throw kind of changed your life and then but then you come back and back it up with more uh zeros i guess yeah and <laughs> that was that's the thing like it, it's weird when you go from like the position like i always felt like there were not 12 people that were better than me in the region mm-hmm. i always i always i kept telling my roommates i can throw 70 and i can make nationals mm-hmm. like i believe that i was like it's not to try and like downplay anybody else like yeah. i'm not trying to trash but i felt like i i could do it like i can do it mm-hmm at the regional, I can make it. I think I can go. Kind of got that itch in yourself where you like, you, you know, you know, it's there. You just gotta like, it's just gotta happen. You're just waiting for it to happen. Yeah, exactly. So I did got it like that. And I was like, okay, I will, I can do it. And then, but now I'm mm-hmm. seated and it feels weird when you're like on the outside looking in and now you're one of the people who's like supposed to make it. Right. But it's like, I'd never thrown 70 besides that. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I knew I needed like 66 ballpark to make nationals at the regional. Yep. And it was so hot like 100 mm-hmm. degrees like the runway was melting onto the javelins and then your spikes yep. it was brutal but I remember taking my first throw and it was like 70 16 mm-hmm. and I was just not expecting it to come back that fast in that weather but then everybody was like congrats you made it and, like, and I was like wow <laughs> like, what yeah because I just looked at like what the results always and 70 has never not made it to NCAA so right. I knew I was in basically and I was winning for like mm-hmm. half the meet and then Logan passed me and Cam Bates from BYU passed me but I got third which I would have mm-hmm. never thought I'd get third at the regional, but that happened. And then I right. end up, so I make nationals and that put me in the mm-hmm. second flight too, which was cool. Then I make nationals and the first throw was like 70, 91. And I was mm-hmm. just like, wh- like, wow. wow. Like I just did it three yeah. times in a row. Like now I'm a really a, like bona fide exactly. 70 meter thrower and not, <laughs> not like, not just you got a, lucky. a one-off. Right? Yeah. So that was right. like, that was the part that felt awesome was like, and I, ended up at, at I don't know if you have NCAA questions but like literally <laughs> I ended in ninth so the only person to make mm-hmm. the final and not get a trophy and like yep. the competitor in me <laughs> the competitor in me was actually kind of mad that day like I couldn't appreciate it but like the more I've stepped mm-hmm. away from that like some of the people I was able to pass and like looking just at right. keeping everything in perspective of like in the moment you're just like you kind of forget that like you made the final at ncas and you're kind of just like stuck on that but i missed the podium by one the one to miss the podium yeah and i was able to throw 70 i was it's not like Mm -hmm. i was seated ninth like i people had to pass me too which is like the hard pill to swallow it's like these people are it's like oh my god but i like yeah i don't know so that was tough but overall like i mean you just like can't like like i said the more i stepped out you can't be mad at it so right right especially like your progression how far you've come but then also kind of going back that that 72 did you know at the time that it had kind of put you on the radar for not just nationals but like olympic trials i told 
my friend Bennett from Texas at, at the meet after I threw it, I said, dude, I mm -hmm. might've just made the Olympic trials because I knew what the list mm -hmm. was for like, cause I think at there's the like, it was the season's top lists or whatever. And it's like the top 30, I think are on there. And it was like 67 something to be 30th. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I just really wanted to see my name on that list was like what right. my goal was. I was like, oh, okay. Like, so I need to throw this to get on the list. But then mm -hmm. I was like, thought about that list. I'm like, well, I'm definitely on it. And then I like looked and I was like, wait, maybe, and I thought maybe that's like actually in the top, whatever. This is also before I knew mm -hmm. they took 2019 marks. Okay. So I thought yeah. that it was like just based on what people had thrown this year, mm -hmm. where you're at. And I knew I was top 20 with that. So I was like, wow, I actually might make it. But then someone told me 2019 marks are in and I was All like, right. oh, I might not actually make it because I was mm -hmm. ranked out of it. Had to find a new list to refer to. Right. And there was a few people who didn't enter a few people. So that end, I ended up getting the last spot. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. I mean, NCAAs, like, I don't think I was, as a, I think, and someone submitted a question that was like, what was more mm -hmm. exciting, the trials or NCAAs? And I would say NCAAs because that was the goal I had the whole year. The trials wasn't on my mm -hmm. radar because I didn't think I could do it. Right. That was just like icing on the cake. Exactly. Which I can go into that more in a little mm -hmm. bit, but like the NCAAs was more exciting because I just, this was like, I felt that like I kind of been your Goal. yeah like I had to do something like whatever like I was now I was like expected to do something I felt like yeah I was like I gotta like this was really what I had set out to do like so when I got that but then for some reason I wasn't as emotional as I thought mm -hmm. like from that but then like when I found out I made the trials like like again I wasn't like crying but I like my no. I just like eyes started watering a little bit because I was just like yeah wow like I'm in the Olympic trials like and I'd interviewed right. people who at the beginning of the year had like qualified mm -hmm. for it and I was like, that's amazing. Like you made the Olympic trials, like mm -hmm. you qualified for it. And then I'm like, I didn't ex not expect to be joining these right. guys. Like, but now you're one of them now, like that's yeah. you on the other side. And here you are being interviewed. Yeah, exactly. Now. That's, that's, it was all <laughs> worth it just to, to have you interview me. It was all worth it. But yeah, it was, uh, got to like that point And I was just like, I can't really like, that's just amazing. And it was more of like, and that the icing on the cake thing, I think kind of, I, I always thought like that about that mean I think that maybe like took the edge off of me in a bad mm -hmm. way because I like to be someone mm -hmm. that's nervous or like excited before I throw like because I think it gives me a lot of adrenaline and right. I think Take I maybe that nervous energy and translate it into meters yeah and I think I didn't really have that granted like I said to you before like the conditions mm -hmm. were not good as seen by everybody's results besides a couple people and like right. And we were every division one guy felt like they were beat up. It seemed like, like it was just, mm. it's a long season. We were in Eugene the whole time, but like, right. I think it's hard that, to come and peak like twice in a row, basically. Yeah. Especially the way I had thrown the last three meets was like, mm. and those are all adrenaline, like conference championship, like regional and nationals are all adrenaline filled meets where you're just yep. exhausted by the end. Like that's exactly. like, you're putting yeah. on every time you're putting on. So like, I'm, I ended up moving up spots cause I was the last person in at, uh, the trials obviously I didn't throw mm -hmm. as far as I would have liked but like the lessons I learned from the experience and like just being there and like mm -hmm. believing like just being one of those people was just like really right. surreal considering like everything and what sucks is like I remember <laughs> everybody my mom like everybody was watching like the live stream I was like mm -hmm. this is my worst meet of the year and like, but they don't they don't <laughs> really so understand sorry. it but I'm like right. I, I wish like, you would have yeah I wish you would have watched NCAAs or one of the other ones but it's fine mm -hmm. but yeah I mean it doesn't really matter like in I got a bunch of like positive messages and it's not all about that, but it was really just, yeah. I mean, so special, um, just like the entire opportunity. And of course, like everything that comes with like, the Olympic trial. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like okay. I just went through my entire career. So if you have any other, or you want to like ask some of the other questions or do something that's yeah. fun, but like, yeah, I just talked through like 
everything. So that is the history of Scott Puke. Exactly. Um, and so now we can get into to some of those fun questions that we had some of your, your listeners and uh, Instagram followers kind of submit. So I guess we can kind of, we'll ease into it. So start with something kind of so related. Um, someone asked what your mental checklist is before you throw. It's like, what do you kind of go through? Like, that's a, zone? yeah, that's a good question because I don't know if it's more of like, this is, it sounds psychotic, but like <laughs> before the meets, like, especially in the hotel, like I would just like go in the bathroom and like look myself in the eyes and <laughs> tell me like, I was like, you're going to like do this. Like, and I just look myself in there. Yeah, I just like literally like would look myself in the eyes. So that's not really like before I throw, like make a throw at a competition. Obviously mm -hmm. you can't do that, but well, there's no and mirrors like there. just like carry a mirror, like a little pocket yeah, mirror. Exactly. You can do this, put it <laughs> yeah. away, get but the coffin. Exactly. That, that's like kind of how it was. But then like when I get to the meets, I would feel that really like nervous or excited feeling before. And then it goes mm -hmm. away a little bit more as you get out to like where you're at. Like once I start picking, I feel more comfortable because like, okay, you know how yep. to throw again. Like you still know how it feels mm -hmm. like you can do that. But like before each throw, like I just like, if I have a couple things I want to focus on, like I'll just remind myself of those things. And then like, obviously everybody does the, like those little things you need to feel like you need oh, to yeah. do this or like you need to hold it that way. Or, like, yeah. Getting into the throw. I would say if I had a mental tip for anybody, especially like what was nice was like, we got to do runway work at Eugene, like before the meet. Mm -hmm. And I could look, I looked at the stadium, like what it's going to look like when I look out there. And that helped me like, literally, like you said, to visualize, like I would just sit there and like close my eyes and think like what it would feel like and what it would look like right. when I'm throwing there. So it's, it. Exactly. So I don't know if there's like that many things I go over right as I'm about to throw, but like mm -hmm. the weird self-talk in the mirror and then like the visualization of just like looking at the stadium or like knowing what it's going to look like yeah. when you go and there. Get familiar with it. Yeah. So then you just think of like, in your head what's a good throw feel like in the mm -hmm. stadium or like you could just like maybe go through the steps really easily but then just like in just even in place like i sometimes just do it in place right. and like feel like okay this is how many steps i do or this is like what my approach is what does a good throw feel like and i would just like think of myself doing it at the stadium or that's like or, or whatever the venue it is like i would just mm -hmm. do something like that so that's that would be my mental things i guess Right. Now, uh, another important question is, is your hat part of that mental checklist? Do you go through like a different process picking your hat? What, what, what's the story with that? Well, I wore the same hat because I, I rotated them based on the uniform we were wearing. So gotcha. we were wearing, at the beginning of the year, we were wearing red. We wore yellow on red. And then a bunch of times we wore red on red. And like, I didn't want to have a red hat with mm -hmm. the red uniform because right. I felt like it was just a, a little, little over, yeah, a little too much. So I would like go with like a gray hat, but then we started wearing the white uniforms for like mm -hmm. once the conference went we wore the white uniforms the rest of the year so I was wearing a red hat and that hat just so happened to be the one that I threw all my 70s in so I was like but it's the trials I'm like well I gotta At wear, the same, point, gotta wear exactly. the same hat like it's a foregone conclusion but the mm -hmm. hat thing started I don't know why it started but then like by the end of the year I, I literally had never never got my hair cut in Ames as long as I was there <laughs> and by the end of the year it was more of like just trying to hide it <laughs> yeah it needs to be covered because it's like just so poofy and like goes out so I was like okay I, I can't do that if I wear it like mm -hmm. I'll be running and the, the wind will get in and it'll be blown up everywhere so I had to wear, yeah. wear the be hat distraction. exactly I would wear the hat to, to cover that up by the end but I mean now it's kind of become my thing and like yeah. I mean I think it's a bit signature it's kind of cool like I don't have a problem with it like people, I'm not the first person who ever done it but I'll probably mm -hmm. just keep it going because like I said, now it's my kind of like a thing. That's kind of your thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just keeping on the top of that, 
of hats. Uh, what's with the uh, cowboy hats that you kind of rocked a little bit before and like you were kind of saying on the podium? Yeah, that was my teammate Blobs. He That's his mm-hmm. thing. Like I'll shout out his his Instagram if he wants. It's like at the denim cowboy. And like that's his, he's mm-hmm. known for his hat and his jean jacket. So he just like threw it on my head. And like, mm-hmm. I've, I don't know if I've ever really worn a cowboy hat before, but I was just, like I said, at that point, I did not care. I right. was just like, whatever. You were, just, you were along for the ride. Put whatever you want on me. I'll wear it right now because it doesn't matter. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. he just put the cowboy hat on there. And like, there's just some pictures. And I remember, I mean, if you, like some people who know me just like DM me after like either I posted <laughs> or like the school tweeted it. And they're just like, mm-hmm. like, congrats. But like, what the hell are you doing with the cowboy hat on your head? I was like, I don't know how to describe like, yeah, it to yeah, you. Yeah, you did good. But but what's up with this? <laughs> yeah. So that's how the hat, the cowboy hat came to be. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Um. I guess kind of switching gears here, we got some people wanting to know about the the podcast and kind of what your original vision was. Yeah, the, the idea came about when I met with the professor and I want I knew I wanted to do something with Javelin because it was like a creative, instead of a thesis, mm-hmm. it's like a professional project or creative component. They've, they've changed the mm-hmm. name of like what it formally is. It's one of those, but I wanted, exactly. I, I wanted to do something Javelin related though. And I originally I wanted to do like a camp of like, helping people learn how to do it but then they were like mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot of moving parts there and like yeah eventually I was like so what have other people done and someone's like yeah I've done someone's have done a podcast these people have done this type of project and she just like keeps going mm-hmm. and I was like I could podcast. do that I could do that yeah exactly <laughs> and she was like do what and I was like podcast She's like do you want to and I was like yeah I think I could do it um right. and I was like that's a good idea and I started looking things up and there was not another javelin podcast Mm-hmm. out there and didn't exist so I was like okay well the market is open too because there's wide open literally nothing out there like that so I wanted to do that and I just went with it but I remember like making a list of people I thought would be interesting that mm-hmm. had like done things and then it went from there I mean I don't know I think it's gotten bigger than I thought it would be but I also knew like right. when there wasn't anything in the market it was like if you do this well and you get guests that there's gonna be a demand people will be interested if you get Vetter and Michael Shuey and all these people on the thing like people will want to hear that so I knew that like it it had potential but I mean it's gone different ways in good ways than I expected Mm -hmm. like I also didn't expect they said originally they're like yeah you have to do like eight to 12 episodes and by the time I submitted Mm -hmm. it I was in the 40s right so So uh, it clearly clearly kind of got bigger than like necessary so it's more than just a, a project of academia it's more now kind of a, a project of love exactly it really and it really was like that was when I spent that all that time at home I mean that gave me a lot of mm-hmm. entertainment and enjoyment like just getting to talk right. to these people like like we're talking right now I mean you just get exactly. them on there and you just talk javelin and then I get to all I, I mean I had to write like a 30 page paper about it but mm-hmm. it, the paper kind of wrote itself because there was a lot that was like exactly. fun, fun you had to a discuss. lot to draw from exactly so that was not a problem and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's been amazing Right. And so, so now like you're done, your paper submitted thesis is sounds like it's complete. Um, so what, what's the future of this podcast going to look like you think for you? I think just more activity in a bunch of different Mm -hmm. ways. Like now that I'm not an NCAA athlete, I can work with people with sponsors and brands and Mm -hmm. things, which I think, and there's a few people and I have in mind that I would like to do something with because, um, yeah. I mean, I want to support, if I'm, if I'm going like, to be sponsored to do things, like I don't want to be a, mm. a sellout. Like, I don't want to just right. be like, I'm selling makeup Turn product. corporate man. Yeah, exactly. Like sell, like makeup products I've never used. I would never like endorse mm-hmm. that, but anything I would endorse would be something I actually believe in or someone I mm-hmm. believe in or different things like that. So like, I would like to grow it to where it can be kind of like that or like a more, really more yeah. professional, but I want to keep doing episodes 
either the same way. And I think like when I had people submit questions, I think I want to keep doing that for every guest because mm -hmm. one, it gives me like a teaser, like I, can say, more ideas. I have this, but also, yeah, I want, I want to hear what people want to hear and I want to keep yeah. producing that, but I want to, I'll probably try and expand onto maybe other social media platforms outside Instagram. I've already done a little bit on TikTok, mm -hmm. which is like, I don't, I, I don't imagine myself being a TikTok actor, but like, yeah. I mean, I've made a few things that like, you got, you got to go where the people are. And it, it does seem like there's a lot of people there right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got potential, like maybe some YouTube stuff. I have a friend who does video things. Um, mm -hmm. I have like a few ideas for other parts, like people have been talking about through the point track club. I, I don't know what it entails to do I was that. Just about to ask that. Um, is, is that you think ever going to be in the future? Is that a plan or is that kind of, if it happens, it happens. I wouldn't say it's like planned. Like I'm diligently like thinking about it, but there's other, there's other things I have in mind that I want to mm -hmm. do like for sure. But that's mm -hmm. like a thing that, I mean, I would, I don't know even what goes into a track club, but I would could talk to some <laughs> people who do know and try and figure mm -hmm. that out. But I think, I mean, there's so many ways you can go a little more down the line. Yeah. And there's so many ways that you can go with this that I want mm -hmm. to be like that thing for Javelin, like give Javelin the representation that it deserves and that people enjoy and Absolutely. like keep doing those things. So I don't think no matter what type of affiliation I have with like a company or business, I want to keep doing the same thing. I don't want to exactly. change. And might I just like, say on the side, the amount of exposure that you're giving Javelin, I think is phenomenal. Um, I know we've talked before and you say you have listeners in other countries, even um, but even within the United States, I, again, a lot of states still don't throw javelin, um, right. but everyone has access to podcasts. And I think the work that you're doing with it and the fact that you're continuing it is just, it's amazing work. And yeah, I really appreciate you for it and everything, every, all of your guests and even allowing me to be on here and interview <laughs> you today. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Like that. And you were like that the first time I met you too, which, and a bunch of people have said things like that. And it's like, I mean, you're not, not that I'm like a celebrity, but you're not used to people recognizing you that you don't know mm -hmm. them. You're like, wait, you know who I am? Like, that's, that's weird. But I mean, like, oh, that's, man. yeah, but that's like so cool when people do that. And like, but I enjoy, I literally enjoy it. And that's why it made it easy. I could have stopped when I had 12 episodes because I mm -hmm. met what I needed for school. But like, I was like, I want to keep going because I think it's growing. People are liking mm -hmm. it. And like the opportunity is there. Like, why would I not? It's just something that I always yeah. want to keep going with it. And like, just seeing what I can it's do but it's just kind of makes developed it... and grown into its own its own little being exactly like it's just it's it's a ton of fun like it's not not work to me so I very, right. really enjoy it right now I mean I'm I'm fairly certain of the answer to this but five years ago did you see yourself right here I mean clearly you were in baseball mode five years ago but with the podcast and everything so like is it I guess the question is um like is it crazy to you like looking back on like how short of a period of time and how much like your life has has changed I mean yeah it, it really is I didn't never thought I'd have the fortune of talking to you on the podcast so that's really <laughs> the, what I didn't think of five years ago. but no like wow. I mean it's um yeah I it's like I mean it does make me emotional sometimes just mm -hmm. like thinking about it you'll just be like like I was literally at the point of like I was 20 years old and was off of a college team like you don't think you're gonna mm -hmm. that's not the time many people pick up another sport like right. that they've never touched in their life it's not like I was like a football player and I went to basketball because I played in high school like I literally mm -hmm. had never been to a track meet until I threw in one right ever so like and that's two paths and you could have just stopped right there and gone on with your life but you you picked something up and wow yeah <laughs> and I think that's like the if people had to take away one lesson and it does it goes beyond javelin too is like 
mm-hmm. the willingness to take a chance on that or any opportunity you have like taking a chance because it literally did change my life in so many different mm-hmm. ways like it's unbelievable and like there was a I just remember thinking like I don't want to be 40 years old and thinking back to my college time and think like what it, how good could what I have been at the javelin like what if I never threw that so I think that's mm-hmm. a lesson that you can take to anything is like and I view myself as like the common person's thrower because I'm not special yeah I mean I don't know if that is either an insult or a comp like I'm talking too highly myself but like (laughs) like if I'm not special in really any way like I just I did some (laughs) some things that are extraordinary kind of I guess like you'd say Mm -hmm. in this time like you would do that but like physically and I'll post a picture when I release the thing of me at like after Mm -hmm. my freshman year of high school like I graduated high school like 135 pounds like 140 pounds like I was not I'm not super tall I'm not super strong like naturally I'm not Mm -hmm. fast strong anything I could always throw a little bit but I had to train myself like a lot of things that I do well I had to train to get like I didn't get them just from work that you've put in being born with it so it's really like and that's what like people a lot of like especially like high school males Mm -hmm. who like just switched to throwing like they would dm me and just ask things and like I just want to tell them like it just you have to do the right things and you have to work hard for it but mm-hmm. i'm not like a don't look at me as someone who can't be attained or like something mm-hmm. that can't be done because it's really nothing there's no excuses and i don't, I don't want to say that but yeah i mean like it's really like i don't have anything that you don't have like i was yeah. like coordination like but i'm not like super like freakishly coordinated but i had like mm-hmm. obviously i was athletic ish like it was you can't be not athletic really into it but like yeah I, there's things if you like train them and like figure out ways to get these things and like talk to people that can really help you like I want mm-hmm. people to know that it's not it's I'm not, not special I'm yeah I'm not like any different than anybody that has talked to me right. so I want them to like know that or like people to know that that it's just yeah it's you're been... a, such a great example of just like how anyone if they find not even necessarily like javelin but just like anything that you try it and you put your head to it your body mind and work at it like and like it can happen exactly that's that's just like what I would want the message of this whole podcast to be like if you only listen to this part listen to the end but like if you just know anything Mm -hmm. about what I did and like you just hear this just know like I don't I definitely don't view myself as more talented than anybody else or like anything better than Mm -hmm. anybody else it's not about that and like I don't have I like to say I don't have like an ego about (laughs) it like I want to just whatever happened was just awesome but I don't view myself as like a special individual like I I want Mm -hmm. to in reality I want this to like pave the way for more people than like exactly me like gatekeep being good at or or throwing Mm -hmm. at the college level like I don't want that I want more people to be able to do that and hopefully this encourages either baseball kids who have a similar story or just anyone who's never thrown to like take a chance Mm -hmm. and like I said obviously this is javelin related but other things in your life it can apply to too is just like things that you may think like there are so many reasons why not to do this but for some something just told me to do it and mm-hmm. it worked out so I, I would definitely say so um yeah so I think that about wraps it up on my end um absolutely wow. yeah. I've, I personally have learned so much and um I'm again just super grateful that you allowed me to interview you and kind of be the one to flip the script on you um I really appreciate it and I really enjoyed it um and hopefully I mean we'll be talking again soon but absolutely maybe as the season progresses as the Olympics come around and next year and 
I mean, you'll be around. So exactly. I'm excited to listen more. And we have that that connection from doing the live stream. We've done the podcast now. We'll have to collaborate right. on a few things or, or try and right. set up something like that. And I, I mean, I'll, I'd be happy to interview you too, because you're obviously a great <laughs> thrower yourself, but it, it's like, first of all, I think you did a m- much better job than I did my first time doing an interview. So you <laughs> let it go smooth, but uh, no, that was, it was really good. And I'm, I'm glad to have you. And I think, is it someone from your family that recommended you? Cause like, I, I'm, I don't even know. I'm not sure. Cause I asked like my friends and they're like, no, we didn't say anything. So I was like, I was going to ask you, but I do you I have like know. a parent on Instagram. Yeah. Both I, my parents are on Instagram. Some, one of them I think is the one doing it, but ah, that, <laughs> of it, course. But yeah. But, but I was like, cause a lot of people ask for Kara Winger, but like mm-hmm. Kara, what shout out Kara. Awesome throw yesterday, one throw and Absolutely. done. And like, hopefully right. she just goes off again today. Ten but like, post-op. <laughs> exactly. It was, everything about that was amazing. But I was like, mm-hmm. Kara probably has a lot going on in bit. the next yeah. multiple months. And I would like this interview to not come out like so far down the road. So I was like, exactly. you know, Sophie, that's a genius idea. Like we have, <laughs> we're like, like I said, we, I felt like we were pretty good friends from the meets and like mm-hmm. we had talked to like that before. So I yeah. thought it'd be perfect, but yeah, you did a great job. Absolutely. Well, again, I appreciate it. And thank you. Yep, thank you. I'll too. work on it for next time, you know. Assuming <laughs> exactly. there will be next time. Episode two. Right.